All right, Toyota, everybody. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. A workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced technology to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than than ever before or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with new available technology this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a Toyota truck you buy Toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales events deals when you visit buy a Toyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Monday morning podcast. I know it isn't. What am I talking about? It's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. And ah, ah, I'm just checking in on you. I'm just checking in to see how your goddamn day is going. I know lately the podcast has been a little bit quiet. I understand. All right. I was transitioning from one part of the country to another part of the country. I didn't have my, my technologies with me. Uh, speaking of technology, you know these fucking movies that I want to see right now, and I just don't have the goddamn time. I want to see that Mr. Rogers movie. I want to see Mission Impossible, and I want to see, uh, there was some movie called Eighth Grade, where they were like, this is what it's like to be an eighth grader in the, during the social media time. I'm like, well, I should see that, you know, because I need to relate to some so, young people so my jokes keep working with them. I mean, not eighth graders, but, you know, in a blink of an eye, the way I'm aging, that kid will be in fucking college, right? You can't ignore the youth. You ignore the youth. You grow old with your fucking crowd. And then next thing you know, you're doing shows at three in the afternoon on a little fucking booze cruise going around the marina. You know, five foot two, eyes are blue, but oh, what those five foots could do. You're singing that song. Has anybody seen my gal? Right up there in some fucking mustard stained tuxedo yelling at your agent. I used to sell tickets in this town. That ain't happening to me. Um, I'll tell you what did happen to me. This is very embarrassing, and uh, it's of a physical nature. It's a part of my body, and this is a time when I feel everybody has been emoting, and, and we've gotten rid of the shame. So I just want to, before I tell you this, I just want to thank all of you for being considerate and thoughtful of my feelings during this difficult time. All right, so my, my sciatic nerve came back. Oh, it came back with a vengeance because I didn't keep going to the masseuse to keep fucking making sure, you know, that, you know, whatever the fuck happened the first time didn't happen again, and it got all messed up again, and uh, we were trying to figure out what triggers it. I'm like, well, flying helicopters, you know, I fly the smallest one that exists, so there's, there's nothing about it that's has to do with comfort. It all has to do with weight and balance and getting the fucking thing off the ground. As long as you can sit down, they don't give a shit 
if you're on a bed of nails. And I think it's just maybe that that's what's aggravating it. She's like, all right, what else you got? I play drums. I'll sit there for an hour, an hour and a half trying to figure out how that cute little Asian girl played good times, bad times so easily, effortlessly, right? What else? Oh, I sit in a writer's room. I fly in planes and all that type of shit. And she goes, all right. She was listening. And she just basically told me in, uh, you know, that my problem is, is I have no ass. <laughs> Over the years, I've just sat down so long. What little ass I had is now gone. So, uh, oh, Billy, no, glu- no glutes, right? As Al Pacino would say, he's got no ass, right? So it's just, it's just essentially bones, nerves, veins, arteries, and skin. There's no muscle tone back there. I basically have Michael Douglas's ass in basic instinct. Whatever that one was when he was like fucking 65 and decided to do the end. Remember that was like a big thing with like white guys back then. Being an old guy and just showing your ass. Dennis Franz on fucking NYPD Blue. Fucking uh, Michael Douglas in Basic Instinct. One of those movies where he was just fucking throwing chicks around, which you could never do anymore. Like, it was just, he was beating them and fucking them at the same time. And I'll tell you, the broads back in the day, they loved it. It was considered a hot seat. Nowadays, oh, oh, Jesus. What was that couch made of that he bent her over? Was that fucking made out of ostrich fur? That's offensive to women and nature, right? Now I don't know what you do. I don't know. I haven't seen a love scene in this new progressive time. I imagine the guy is uh, sitting there with his hands folded. Excuse me. Would it be all right if I... Leaned across the table and got a little closer to you. I'm offended. Um, anyways, what am I talking about here? Uh, so I have to do some fucking squats, you know, and I got a bone bruise. I'm falling apart here, people. I got a bone bruise on my left knee because uh, my beautiful daughter, what I'm loving as I'm teaching her how to play catch, and we got this giant bag of these plastic balls, right? And I think she's right-handed, which I'm not going to lie to you. I want her to be a lefty. If you're a lefty, you can get to the show with an 85-mile-an-hour fastball. We all know it, okay? You start throwing right-handed, you got to come with the gas. It's got to be fucking, I don't know, it's got to be like fucking 102 miles an hour at this point. So anyways, she just, she'll pick up two at a time, and then she runs at me and just throws them both at the same time. And I just play like goalie. And we got hardwood floors, and I was crawling around on the hardwood on my knees. And uh, I don't know, I, I, I thought I fucking tore something but thank god yesterday i found out it's just a bone bruise so it's going away but um yeah so here's the big deal i gotta i have to go on the internet and i gotta make sure i do my squats right okay and i have to get my pasty flat ass i gotta get some padding back there or evidently this is it's gonna it's gonna become even worse you know what i mean i've decided that i'm gonna get fucking uh I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my ass back. I've decided that. Rather than be that old white guy who has the inflatable cushion that he fucking sits on. <laughs> I can't be that guy. You know what I mean? Taking people up in a helicopter, like looking like a badass. And like, hang on a second, guys. Just fucking, you know, everybody just loses all confidence. 
Does this guy know how to fly this fucking thing? Um, anyways, uh, that's my deal. You know, and I'm also a child of the 80s. And, and, you know, who's kidding who? Let's all be honest. Nobody did legs in the fucking 80s, unless you were a bodybuilder. Everybody just, you barely even did your back. You know, everybody was just fucking, everybody just did, like, what are you benching? What's your bench? Dude, he put up 225 fucking 36 times. Kid could try out for the Pats, dude, right? That's all it was about, and it was, I'll tell you, you go to a fucking gym, all right, and if you have to bench, you're waiting for the, you're going to stand there like a line at Starbucks at like 8 in the fucking morning waiting to get on the bench, but I'll tell you where there's no fucking, I'll tell you right now, where there's no line, you go into the leg room, oh my God, it's like walking into a furniture store, go ahead buddy, try them all out, see which one you like, right? It's like going into light and leisure. The purple building. Does that place still exist? Um, I'm making a lot of Boston references. And you're probably like, why, Bill? Are you? Oh, you fucking cunt. The battery thing just fucking beeped. Are you fucking kidding me? I swear to God, I just can't get a goddamn fucking break. I'm just going to talk till this runs out. I guess in 43 seconds, 42 seconds. I'm talking Boston shit because the, uh, the Yankees. Oh, when the Yankees come to town. The Red Sox-Yankees starts tonight. And uh, Price isn't in and Judge is out. All right? But all they're missing is a hitter. We're mit- missing our star pitcher. And I needed that guy because I got, I got 100 bucks riding on every game with these two different Yankee fans, 50 bucks each. I needed Price to go in there and shut those fucking pinstripe cunts down. Now we don't have our ace. And, and uh, not Price. What the fuck am I talking about? Uh, 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 the other guy there. Price is the guy I need not to fucking. All right, I'm back. You know what? It wasn't a battery issue. It was the memory was full. Full of me running my fucking yap. I'm sitting there saying Price is out. Uh, sale is out. Is it Chris Sale? I've only been on the bandwagon here for the last month. He's out. He said he had something that's been building, something that's been bothering him, you know? Would you get your period? Um, he can't play. Fucking uh, Mike Judge, Aaron Judge, is out for the Yankees, right? He's standing there like a fucking Paul Bunyan. I mean, how do you not hit the guy? I mean, Jesus Christ, he's like the size of the goddamn backstop. Got a bone chip in the palm of his hand. Isn't that amazing? A guy that that fucking big. All you have to do is throw a ball at his hand, and all of a sudden he can't play a game of baseball. I mean, you're talking about a guy who could literally rip the pillars out of the fucking parking lot. You know? And then you hit him in the hand. He's like, how am I going to play patty cake? I can't come out for the Red Sox series. But, you know, that is the history of the Yankees. You know what I mean? You know... They got a lot of free agent guys, and they're all really soft, just like uh, all their fans out in the bleachers. All those fatties out there that do the roll call, like that's their big thing in life. Hey, Aaron, wave at us. Those neck-fat fucking jerk-offs out there. Um, it's unbelievable that you could have a team that that's, that's successful, that they would, they would uh, be involved in something well, I just don't get it. I don't get the fucking YMCA. I don't get why we have a fucking mascot. 
I don't get why we sing Sweet Caroline. I don't, you know what it is? They're, they're trying to get rid of the animals. You know what I mean? I mean, the Yankees fans, they're, they're borderline doing a fucking musical. I thought it was an advertisement for that. What was that show they had all those years uh, with the puppets? Avenue Q. That's what I thought. I was, I, I was looking at the scoreboard going, is it coming out of that? No, those are full-grown adult males. Oh, don't we send, we send the fucking right field bases with your roll call. Get alive. We're going to say your name until you acknowledge us. Now, I know I'm coming down hard on the Yankee fans. I realize this is not all of you guys. This is only fucking 12% of you. Um, with your little gang of baseball fans. <laughs> But as much as I do that, I don't think anything's worse than watching fucking doo-ba-doo-ba-doo, And that song comes on, you see all those women putting their head on their boyfriend's shoulders. You know what I mean? That right there, that moment there is why women in general are not in positions of power. They sit there, they try to blame guys, specifically bald, blue-eyed, white males like myself. Which, by the way, I'm really offended. Okay, I mean, and I got to tell you something right now. If I hear one more feminist interrupting my privilege during the day, me just walking through one open door after another, and I have to listen to her fucking rhetoric, I swear to God, I am, I am going to, I will pull all of my money out of the stock market and cause it to crash. Money that I didn't earn. Money that was given to me from my ancestors by stealing it from people who did not look like me. Okay? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just staring into the stereotype. Um, oh, really, Bill? We thought you were fucking serious. Uh, what am I talking about here? This is why women, so many of them, do not attain a position of power. Because all you have to do is put on Sweet Caroline and it makes them want to tilt their head and put it on their man's shoulder. Okay, that is not leadership quality. Okay? That's, that's what the fuck I would do. If I was running a company right now, and God knows there'd be all this fucking pressure as the guy who started the company to step aside and let a woman run it so you can act like you're fucking progressive. You know what I mean? Where are the ladies when it's all being built? They're nowhere to be found. And then when it's built, hey, we want to do it too. Now that you completed it, we want to fly planes, too, now that all the guys died and we figured out what not to fucking do. No offense to Amelia Earhart, that other chick that fucking uh, also crushed it, but for some reason nobody talks about her. Um, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just fucking around everybody. I, I have no problem with people of any fucking background. Um... Where am I? Let me, uh, let, me, let me complete this. I have to do a fucking radio tour for two hours starting at eight minutes. And how long have I done on the podcast? Is it going to work out? Will the math work out? Nine and five or 14. Son of a bitch. I still got half a podcast to go. I'm going to have to wait till the end of this shit. Um, oh, Bill, why are you doing a radio tour? Because I'm promoting Rough and Rowdy. Going to be in Youngstown, Ohio. All right. There's no women there putting their heads on that guy's shoulder. They put their, hand, their ear to the guy's chest after they hit him with a fucking pan to make sure his fucking heart's still pumping, okay? I'm talking a tough town in Youngstown, 
It's going to be great. We got pride versus prejudice. All right. We have a gay man who's fighting a convicted felon who does not like gay people. All right. We got a cop fighting a skateboarder. And then we got a bunch of Cleveland Brown fans getting in the ring with Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Now, God knows the Browns cannot beat the Steelers on the gridiron. But can the people of Cleveland beat up the people of Pittsburgh? Now, you'd think, generally speaking, the people of Pittsburgh are a little softer than the people in Cleveland. All right. They have six Super Bowl titles. They haven't had a fucking steel mill in generations out there. Okay, I've gone there. It's a tech city now. All right. They got all the beautiful bridges. They got rid of three rivers. The team plays on natural grass now. I mean, it's one of the quaintest towns you'll ever go to. Nobody can walk up this fucking hill, so they got a goddamn elevator trolley thing that brings you up. I think Pittsburgh is ripe for the taking. And uh, go to Rough and Rowdy Brawl to order the fight. I'm telling you right now. Hang with your, uh, record it, or hang that night with your buddies. Watch it. It's going to be, I will be commentating. Forgot to mention that. There's a little cherry in there that I just threw, okay? A little fucking sugar cube. Old Freckles will be sitting down on his lack of an ass, evidently. And uh, I'll be there with the big cat and the El Prez. Uh, Two wonderful individuals, you know, who are preventing a lot of bar fights, I feel. I feel like um, people with headgear and gloves are going to be able to get all their frustrations out. It's going to be a wonderful night of entertainment. I am not going to miss a second of it. And... um, you know, I would appreciate if you guys would order it. It would make me look good if I could help pump up their fucking numbers. I love what they do over there. I hope you do too. If you do, please order the fight, and that's the end of this promo. How do you like that? And right the day before the fucking fight, I'm going to be in Rochester, New York, home of Steve Gadd. Or at least he played with the Rochester Crusaders, according to his, according to his drum instructional video that I actually own on VHS and on DVD. All right. I never could commit to the laser disc. I was afraid of unpopular technologies after Robert Kelly talked me into getting a mini disc player, which I still have with the T-shaped microphone. I can't find the charger, but I have all these little fucking cassettes of, uh, you know, whatever, mini CDs of my sets from years gone by. And I want to listen to them. And people are like, well, why don't you take them somewhere? It's like, because I have no idea what I'm saying on these fucking things. All right. I used to mutter to myself between sets, throwing out all kinds of crazy shit. And in this fucking today's climate, God knows what, what the, the shit you said fucking. I mean, we're talking 20 years ago. I mean, 20 years ago, I was dating this woman. I used to literally drag her around the city by her hair, and nobody had a problem with it, okay? You think I'm going to dump off my fucking mini disc player to somebody? <laughs> you, you out of your mind? It's not happening. All right. Anyways, so I am... Uh... Hey, by the way, guess what? I made another month. Month of July. Not a drop of booze. Not one fucking drop, you goddamn cunts. And uh, it really affected my mood. I was in such a good mood when I would wake up in the morning, but I was so grumpy at night, you know, just having to sit there and fucking stare at the wall. Um, it's weird. Like this, this time of day, I don't miss it. But at night, I definitely, you know, you know, you get into it with your wife or uh, I don't know. 
your parrots looking at you in a weird way. You just need something to take the edge off. And I got to tell you, Rosetta Stone French just isn't doing it. Toyota, you know, we all agree that reducing emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, yet they make up less than 10% of all new vehicles today. That's because right now they cost more. They're too expensive, just like all new technology. Consumers worry about range and whether or not they'll be able to find a charging station. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture the batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision of a carbon-neutral future. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV electric vehicle could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, hey, let's go places. Um, all right, do I got time to do one read? Yeah, I'll do one read, and then I got to do this tour, and then, then I'll be back, and I'll let you know how it goes, okay? Everybody hanging on my every word. Gee, Bill, how is your radio tour going to go? All right, here we go. Helix, everybody. Helix? Maybe I can get through this in three minutes. That would be fucking great. There's nobody on the planet like you. Oh, you special little fucking so-and-so. So why would you buy a generic mattress built for everyone else? What are you, the hunchback of Notre Dame there? Next, please mention all the talking points below. Oh, Absolutely. Helix, sleep matches your body to the perfect mattress, so you get the best sleep of your life. Life, life. They've developed nine different mattresses tailored to specific body types and sleep preferences. Just go to helixhelixsleep.com slash burr, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to the mattress that, that's perfect for you. Contouring to your body, cupping your balls, squeezing your lack of an ass. To provide unprecedented comfort and better sleep. 36% of Helix Sleep customers report better sleep after switching to their customized mattress from Helix Sleep. Uh, Right now, they're offering up to $125 off all mattresses. Mattress orders. Whether you're a side sleeper, a hot sleeper, like a plush or a firm bed, they got the mattress that will fit just right. Get up to $125 off helixsleep.com slash burr. That's helixsleep.com slash burr for $125 off your mattress order. Helixsleep.com slash burr. All right. Quip, everybody. All right. The truth is most of us are brushing our teeth wrong. Is that how you do it? Not long enough. And forget to change our brush on time. Former porn stars gagging on it. That's because most brands focus on selling flashy gimmicks rather than better brushing, but not Quip. So what makes Quip so different, you may not have asked. Uh, Please mention all the talking points below. Of course I'm going to. For status, Quip is an electric toothbrush that's a fraction of the cost of the bulkier brushes while still packing just the right amount of vibration to help clean your gross teeth. Are you listening, England? Quip's built-in timer helps you clean for the dentist's recommended two minutes with guiding pulses that remind you when to switch side. Next, Quip's subscription plans are for your health, not just convenience. They deliver new brush heads on a dentist's recommended schedule every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. Quip also comes with a mount that suctions right to your mirror 
and unsticks to use as a cover for hygienic travel wherever you take your teeth. Uh, and finally, everyone loves Quip, evidently. They were on Oprah's O-List. I love this toothbrush! Named one of Time's best inventions and is the first subscription electric toothbrush adapted by the American Dental Association. Accepted, sorry. Now it's already 845. How did that happen? Plus, they're backed by a network of over 25,000 dentists and hygienists and hundreds of thousands of happy brushers use Quip every day. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash burr right now, you'll get the first refill pack for free with Quip electronic toothbrush, electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack for free at getquip.com, G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash burr, spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash burr. All right, I'll be back in a second. All right, I'm back. The radio tour is over. Let's finish up this podcast. Oh, with the last read. Do-do-do, MeUndies, MeUndies, finish my radio tour. Do-do-do-do, MeUndies, MeUndies, get the boy short you whore. Yank him up your ass, bend over the table. I'll friggin' bang you like I'm Clark Gable. With my ginger mustachioed face. I'm from the freckled race. I'm really pasty. All right, MeUndies, everybody. You've heard me obsess over my MeUndies. You've heard me talk about how they are softer than cotton and come with fun new prints each month. But I've got a big scoop for you. That's the scoop. What scoop? I just literally pictured just like a, you shit your pants. Uh, That I'm so excited to, you shit your MeUndies. I'm so, (laughs) new MeUndies with the shit trap door that I'm so excited to share with you all. MeUndies just gave their members Membership, a massive upgrade. All those dirty, old, hole-ridden, disgusting underwear you've hung on to, it's time to throw all of that out and give your top drawer the refresher it deserves. Each month, MeUndies will release a new executive print that only members can get. Can you imagine all this skid-marked underwear that's going to be thrown out because of this promotion? These could be collaborations with artists, brands or other unique designs you are going to definitely want to have members will also pay less for everything on MeUndies website with special member pricing that means if you want a second pair of undies a i don't know what that a bralette b-r-a-l-e-t-t-e i don't know what that is or lounge pants you'll pay less than anyone else the membership comes with no strings attached you can switch styles skip the month or cancel at any time You're going to love these undies. They are the softest underwear you ever put on, and they come with fun prints that you can match with socks or a bra... What the fuck is a bralet? What is a bralet? I got to look this up right now. Bralet, bralet, bralet. Hey, by the way, uh, the show in season one on MeTV of uh, 77... Sunset Strip. I can't wait. I missed the first couple, but I got I got episode six. You know what's crazy? Is it, oh, is that Bralet? How do you say it? How do you say it? What say you? Pro, like, I'm so dumb. There's no, okay, pronunciation. pronunciation. Acetate. Here we go. Come on. Come on. Bralette. 
Bralette. Bralette. Bralette. All right, I got it. All right. Okay, they come with fun prints that you can match with your socks or your bralette. They come with 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you don't love them, just send them back. Gross! For a full refund. MeUndies has a great offer for my listeners for the any first-time purchasers. Uh, when you purchase any MeUndies, you can get 15% off and free shipping. This is a no-brainer. Get 15% off a pair of the most comfortable undies you will ever put on. And who knows, maybe someday you can match them to your bralette. Um, no, I can't. Well, hey, yeah, I said, no, but yeah, well, yeah, bralette. Uh, all right, so let's see here. I did nine minutes, then I did 13 minutes. Now I've done four minutes. Nine and three is 21, and four is 25. I got about like, another five, six minutes left. Another five, six minutes left. Oh, Billy Gluteless. So anyways, I, have, I haven't drank in like, oh, what is it here? Uh, 30, 33, Larry Bird, Larry Legend. 33 days, no booze. Woo! Um, and uh, yeah, I have really have no intentions. I'm going to drink one day next week, celebrating with uh, Joe DeRosa. It's Joe DeRosa's birthday on August 6th. Make sure you give old Twinkle Toes a little shout out. All right, make sure you get that old saloon whore a little tip of your fucking cowboy hat there. He'd love to hear from you. Um, Joe, by the way, is really a, uh, an incredible inspirational speaker on... Uh, have you guys seen Joe DeRose's uh, Instagram? <laughs> when he has, he's sitting there shirtless with his awful body. He's like, he always goes, what's up, hard bodies? Joe DeRosa here telling you that you don't have to be a slave to your diet I don't know. Just look up at Joe DeRosa. Or is it at Joe DeRosa Comedy? Just look up Joe DeRosa Instagram. Maybe I can do it for you. I'll make it easy for you because you're, you're probably pretending to type right now, acting as though you're working. Uh, Joe DeRosa Instagram. He's on the gram. Oh, and I'm not connected to the fucking internet. Of course, why would I be? Why would I, in this day and age, be connected to the internet? It's just most of the free world is. Most of the free world is, right? They're connected to it. They're connected. They're connected to the. Oh, I don't, let me type this in here. Bralette. Bralette. All right, Joe. Bralette. De Rosa. Instagram. Bralette. All right, Grandpa. It's at Joe De Rosa Comedy. J O E D E R O S A Comedy. Um. There you go. Why, don't, why am I hyping his goddamn Instagram page? What has Joe DeRosa ever done for me other than, other than be, being a pal for the last fucking 15 years? Um, all right. What, the, what to talk about? I was just promoting Rough and Rowdy. By the way, the cop versus skateboarder, that fight is actually, that one's called Pig versus Punk. So you get Pride versus Prejudice, Pig versus Punk, and. Uh, where could you go from there? Palooka versus Pundit. An old boxer fights a uh, politician. That could be a good one. This should be just sort of an, uh, an endless one with, with the letter P, huh? You could have uh, somebody with a bladder problem. Peer versus poorer. Guy with a bladder problem fights somebody who's... Uh, economically uh, in the shithouse. I don't know. Okay, maybe there's not an endless one. 
I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm just spitballing here, people. That's all I'm trying to do, just spitballing. So anyways, I got to, uh, I'm going to go see a nutritionist for the first time ever tomorrow. And uh, I'm going to get that taken care of. I did the lat pull-down machine, 70 fucking pounds. Gradually, I'm putting it back together the way it really happens. Not like on Dr. Phil, where he's like, oh, you need to stop punching her in the face. And like somebody who I would actually punch a woman in the face, the fact that he said that like is going to get rid of everything that he saw as a child in that moment on Dr. Phil. It's not how it works. That's going to be, it's going to take that guy an entire lifetime to stop punching women in the face or shooting heroin or jacking off in public, whatever the fuck it is he's doing, right? But not old Philly. Philly makes it seem like he solves it right then and there with a little fucking catchphrase or some bullshit. That's why, you know, back in the day when I used to watch Police Academy and I would see private hooks. Remember the cute little black girl, you know what I mean? And she'd be all mousy like, and the guy, you got to scream. And in the end, she'd get her nerve up. And she'd jump out of nowhere with her gun out, and she'd go, don't move, dirtbag. And then you'd see Police Academy, too, and she'd go back to being this little mousy person again. You're like, what the fuck? That's bad writing. That's what I thought. That's lazy. You're going to have to do the exact same arc all the way to don't move, dirtbag again. And I used to think that that was lazy writing. But now, having tried to, to fix, to control my temper, You know, I'll flip out and be like, I don't want to do that again. And then I'm fucking, you know, working on it, working on it, working on it. And I'm good for three weeks. And then I I have a relapse. You know, Private Hooks is one of the most accurate characters ever, ever written. Because you're seeing somebody trying, they have a breakthrough. And you think, is this it? Did I finally break through? And then, nope, it was just a blip. Now you're going back to being mousy again. And she had to work on it through like 18, 19 police academies. And I don't know if she ever got there, but I think we all could relate simply by the fact that she was just out there trying. There you go. So that's nine minutes, nine minutes, and 13 minutes. That's 31 minutes. Jesus Christ, people, I think I'm done here. Um, back up to regular volumes. Tune into the Red Sox Yankees if you want to check that out. Um, but definitely this Sunday, man, make me look good. Make it seem like I drove some traffic to this wonderful event. Go to roughandrowdybrawl.com to watch Pride vs. Prejudice, Pig vs. Punk, and Cleveland Brown fans trying to do what the Browns have never done on the field, which is beat something from Pittsburgh. Oh, Bill! Why did you have to be mean? Because you know what? It makes people listen. All right, enjoy this music, and then we'll have another half hour of greatest hits from a Thursday afternoon podcast just before Friday. Monday morning podcast from a Thursday gone by from years ago or possibly last month. I don't know how it works. God bless you. Have a great weekend, you cunts. And uh, to an end, I'll be dressed in shop. I'll be in Youngstown for the first time ever, and everybody I'll see in Rochester, New York on Saturday night with the great Dean Del Rey in the opening slot. All right. God bless you in the United States of America, but not Canada.
Like a boss. It's like the beginning of fucking Six Million Dollar Man, you know? When that little fucking kite that he's flying. Why don't they ever show that fucking show in reruns? That's one of the greatest goddamn shows ever. Did you guys ever see that? Do you have any idea how fucking huge it was when the Six Million Dollar Man fought the Seven Million Dollar Man? And he punched his fucking face off. His face came off. On television in like 1974. Do you have any fucking idea? Think about that. Pre-internet, pre-cable, pre-any sort of special effect. Look how bad the graphics were in Star Wars. The adjustments between frames of all the tiny moving parts are minuscule, but projected at the proper speed, 24 frames per second. These individual movements will flow seamlessly together. Actually models which can be carried in the palm of your hand. This is like three, four years before that. Lee Majors punched this dude who was the fucking bad guy in everything. Oh, man. Do you remember the one where the $6 million man fought fought in the snow? Pierre, you're first. Pierre is an expert in the French art of savate. Outside that mansion, they had everybody in slow motion, and that black dude jumped like 10 feet in the air and was going to kick him. He was going, whoa, flying through the fucking air. Now, you got to understand how sheltered I was as a kid. I didn't even know who Bruce Lee was. I didn't even know what kung fu fighting was, and I didn't realize that TV shows were ripping off you know, uh, Enter the Dragon and all that shit that people were flipping out about because I was just a little kid. So I saw that shit. I, I, it was the most unbelievable thing ever. He fought Bigfoot, he fought a black Bruce Lee, and he fought the $7 million man, and he punched his fucking face off. And uh, I'm telling you, they, they just don't, they don't make, it's impossible to compete now. There's just, they've just done too many things, you know? It's kind of like when you go to write a movie script, and you're like, oh, everything's been done. And they act like all these guys back in the 40s and 50s were brilliant. It's like, fuck you. There was only like five movies were ever made. How hard was it to be brilliant back then? It's like inventing shit in the, in the 1800s. Oh, look, it's a coat hanger. You can hang your coat on it. Holy shit. Let's put his name in the history book so everyone can fucking remember this for the rest of the time. I don't even know what you could invent. You know who's great at still inventing uh, simple shit? Is that Billy Mays guy? You know that bearded fuck every night he just starts, Ah, Billy Mays! Hi, Billy Mays here for the Jupiter Jack. The most convenient hands-free device for any cell phone, guaranteed. That dude. He doesn't even invent the shit. I think he invented like three things, and then he's just got a sweatshop of like smart fucking kids from Thailand. And he just comes walking in. I keep burning myself on the iron. Come up with some shit. Then like three weeks later, he's on TV. I'm Billy Mays! Are you tired of burning the hair off your forearm when you're ironing your button down because your third marriage didn't work out and you still have to date in your 50s? Introducing the fucking thing you stick in front of the iron that doesn't burn your forearm but still irons the fucking shirt. Um, anyways, oh, let me get, let me get back to this thing. Sorry. Uh, see, like that? There you go. I wanted to stand up mode. Gave you some fucking laughs, okay? And his left eye. 
What does his eye do? It's like a zoom lens on a camera. A zoom lens? Amazing. So anybody watch uh, 60 Minutes this past week? They did a, um, they did this feature, feature on mountain lions and how California is the only state that has mountain lions just walking around. Los Angeles and its suburbs are home to 19 million people. The only megacity in the world where mountain lions, also known as cougars and pumas, live side by side with humans. For 13 years, the National Park Service has been studying the animal. I, I'm going to fuck this up. In a, in a park, I guess maybe the size of like Griffith Park or Runyon Canyon or, or, or whatever those ones are out, out, in, uh, out in the valley. P-22 wanders the hills of Griffith Park, a small enclave in Los Angeles frequented by hikers and visitors to the park's famed observatory. I guess they have these fucking things. And um, so anyways, I was watching it because a few of the places is where I hike with my dog. And this thing has intermittently, this 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 group of fucking mountain lions has been around there. But fortunately, they, they try to avoid you, I guess. A trail camera caught this one a stone's throw from the rooftops of suburbia. And these animals do their best to you know, stay elusive and away from us. Um, at least during the day, if they're not fucking hungry, but they showed this fucking, uh, these people, this mountain lion, right? Okay, they were having some work done, so they had somebody going underneath the house into the crawl space of their house, and they were right up against this park, and the guy went down there, and he immediately came back up, and he was fucking, like, white as a ghost, and they were like, uh... Donde es, you know, fucking white people trying to speak Spanish, right? Ooh, eh, um, is that French? I don't know. Um, and the guy comes out of the fucking hole and was like, yeah, man, I fucking, uh, there's a mountain lion down there. I just came face to that. Get out of here. Are you sure? Are you sure? And they were like, he's like, yeah, it's fucking down there. And, and so anyways, they interview this fucking L.A. couple. And they are the quintessential fucking L.A. couple. You have a mountain lion in your house, bro. <laughs> and so I said to him, the mountain lion. He goes, yeah, man, a mountain lion. Face to face, eye to eye, came eye to eye with it. And he was like terrified. <laughs> you know what I mean? He looks like the leading man of a B movie, right? She's got, like, bleach blonde hair. She's wearing fuck-me pumps. She's on 60 Minutes wearing fuck-me pumps. It's fucking hilarious walking around, done up to the nines. And um, I actually, uh, it was pretty cool. I was trying to figure out where the house was. I Google mapped it, and I think I was able to find it. But, um, oh, fuck, this state is so fucking insane. With the droughts, the fires... The rattlesnakes, the coyotes, the mountain lions, you know, and everybody's like, this place is so phony and so plastic. Well, you know, it can get, uh, 
That can all go away pretty damn quick with the wildlife. <laughs> What's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it is the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, August 2nd, 2010. Oh, my God, Martha, can you believe it? It's already August. Can you believe it, Martha? Actually, I can't, Karen, because it was just July. In my entire life, August has come after July. So, yes, I can believe that it's August 2nd. Why do you have to do that? Do what? That. You know, why can't you just, you know, have frivolous conversation? Why do you have to be, why do you have to be such a cunt? No, I'm sorry. Well, that's what you're being. Um, anyway. Oh, gee. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. What the fuck did I do last night? I was going to do the podcast last night. That was the plan. Boys and girls. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, I was going to do the podcast last night. I was going to upload this motherfucker. Uh, midnight, my time. You know, for all my friends out there in the fucking uh, Great Britain, out there in Ireland and Iceland, you know. That would be like 8 o'clock in the morning for you, right? You get up, you people in Iceland, throwing down some hay for your fucking yaks. Taking out your pan flute, skipping around, looking for the gold. Isn't that what you do out there? Yeah, well, that's what I think you do. Because I took geography in America. So, you know, what's up, Holland? How's your windmills? Huh? You clicking your fucking wooden shoes together? That's my version. That's my version of Holland. They don't even have cell phones out there. Cell phones. They're still using pitchforks to get their point across. Um, That didn't even make sense. But what, what did I do instead? You know, this is the classic life of the loser, all right? And if you are a loser, not saying you are, okay? Hypothetically, if you are a loser, you're going to recognize this pattern, okay? And this is the pattern of the loser. You'll see, the loser knows what he or she is supposed to do. And, the, and, and then you never do it, and that is the pattern of a loser, all right, did that make any fucking sense? It started like I was going to make this huge fucking point, and then my headache really just kicked in there. But let's, let's, try, let's try to put the wheels back on the cart here, all right? Just like those people um, out there in Finland right now. <laughs> and all the people down in fucking Australia wrestling those poisonous snakes as the aborigines fucking sit there with that, that white, goddamn tooth sticking through their nose you know that shark tooth that greg brady had around his fucking neck when he was going to be the next johnny bravo huh just sitting there fucking staring at me there aborigine man you think i need that shit you think you think i'm the one who kicked you off your fucking land i'm a goddamn indentured servant to the fucking banks there half naked aborigine dude all right so stop fucking staring at me all right? With your thong. 
your fucking sad face. All right? I didn't create plastics. I'm just dealing with it. Why don't you show me how to fucking join whatever it is you're thinking about rather than fucking judging me? And by the way, could you help me with this fucking snake over here? Um, anyways, this is what the loser does. Um, yeah, I, I was going to, I was, I was going to do X, Y, and Z, but instead I did fucking D, E, and F. Fucking idiot. Instead of doing the goddamn podcast, I went out and I drank last night. Oh, Jesus. I had two whiskeys and two Miller High Lifes. Why did I have Miller High Lifes? You know what? Because the bottle looked good. I like the way the bottle looked. It was one of those nights. There's a shiny looking bottle. I like that. I'm going to have that. I'm going to block out those fucking awful Miller High Life commercials. I hated those commercials. That fucking plumber with his greasy fingers picking up that deviled egg. It's like, are you trying to... Did Budweiser write these fucking ads? All right. This is just anger. Just frustration at myself. I don't know why I did the things I did last night. I shot pool. You know, like I'm fucking Willie Moscone. You know? That's it. You know, as a man, you just walk up to a pool table, even though you know you suck, and you just think you'd be like, you know, seven ball, corner pocket, and it's going to fucking go right in. It never goes in. You know? Just like your life. You think it's on target. You think it's heading right towards your way, where you want it to go, and bam, bounces off the fucking wall, and next thing you know, it's all the way on the other side of the fucking table. This is ridiculous. I shouldn't be doing this right now. I resent, I'm resenting. I'm blaming you guys. I'm fucking blaming you sitting in your goddamn cubicles. What do you think about that? What are you going to do? You can't fucking do anything about it. What are you going to do? You're going to send me fucking emails complaining? Yeah? Well, I don't give a shit. I don't fucking... I haven't even had breakfast yet. I'm sitting here in my pajamas doing that thing when you're hungover, you know, where you just sort of rub your feet together, trying to give yourself some sort of soothing feelings on the other end of your body because your fucking head is throbbing so much. Well, maybe I can offset the headache with a soothing feeling between my footies. And, of course, it's not working. Oh, fuck. Jesus Christ. Two whiskeys and two beers. I feel like I fucking, uh, I don't know, like, I don't know what. Like I had a fight in the parking lot and I lost. And the last thing I remember was somebody grabbing my big ears and bouncing my head off the asphalt. As I'm going, all right, all right, you won, you won. And then you just slip off into a dream. Um, you know what's weird? I woke up, whenever I wake up hungover, um, you know, one of the first things I do is I just start cursing out the woman in my life. You know, this is my remedy for getting over a hangover. You know, you wake up and you see them, you know, and you try to get the fucking, you know, the goddamn cement out of your eyes as you're trying to open them up. And of course, because you're hungover and you want to be alone, the vibe you're putting out is you want to be alone. What happens? You create, you attract what you fucking fear. Not only another human being right in your goddamn face, it's got to be a female. Okay? And God knows, can they ever stop running their yaps? It's like even when they don't have something to say, they're going to fucking talk because as much as they talk a good game, I'm an independent woman and I got my money, motherfucker. All that shit. <laughs> 
at the end of the day, all these broads are afraid of the same thing. They're afraid of silence. That's what it is. You know that when you watch one of those goddamn shows or in my life, you walk by and your girl's watching one of those goddamn shows. And why am I bring my voice down like she's still in the apartment? She isn't. But you know what it is? When I bring my voice down here, this is I'm either talking about the Illuminati or I'm talking about these fucking bitches. Um, this is all hangover talk here, so I'll fuck all you guys if you're taking this seriously. All right? Rule number one, or is it number two at this point? You don't fucking take the podcast seriously, okay? All you girls out there, you get your panties in a bunch. This is ridiculous. Why does he make fun of men? Why doesn't he balance it out? Because that's life, sweetheart, and life isn't fair. Why don't you go listen to one of those fucking twatty twat podcasts with the fucking broad over there running her goddamn yap between her cleavage? Huh? Why don't you go do that, sister? Huh? With your tampons in your purse? Just in case. Woo! I am in a mood. Um, yeah, so I'm sitting there and I got, they're afraid of silence. Stay on target. They are, they are, they're afraid of silence. And that's why they talk about nothing. Oh, that's what I was trying to say. You walk by the TV and your girlfriend's sitting there, right? She's, you know, sitting there, you know, on the couch, riding the couch side saddle. You know how they sit, leaned up against the arm with their legs to the side, rubbing their footies together that are peeking out of the afghan. What? I like this show. You watch your shows? Do I say anything when you're watching your shows? I don't. So why didn't you extend? Shut up! So, you know, you walk by the fucking TV. (laughs) You walk by the goddamn TV. and And what is it? What is on the TV? You know what? I don't even remember. I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, they're just running their yaps. Oh, I got it. Here we go. I'm hooked back up to it. There we go. There was a little awkwardness there. Like you ever see when a, when a jet tries to refuel in mid-flight, you know, and that shark dick is hanging down? <laughs> I know what a shark dick looks like. What do you think about that? Is that scandalous enough to get on TMZ at my low level of notoriety? I do. I was watching this fucking uh, nature show, and these fucking creepy humans, because that's what we are, Pull this great white shark out of the fucking sea. And the shark's laying there like, I can't fucking breathe over here. Right? And they got this little garden hose going into his mouth. And it's seen the shark's looking like, really? This is the same as in, as in fucking hailing a mouthful of ocean. You little fucking true value hardware garden hose that you got in my fucking mouth. What are they doing? Get away from my dick, please. And they literally reach down, and between a couple of folds, they pull out this shark cock, which, amazingly enough, looks just like the fucking, uh, that, that tube that they refuel in the air for, with, or whatever the fucking preposition. Is that a preposition? I don't fucking know. I'm trying to complete a sentence over here. That's what it looks like. All right, there you go. That portion was dedicated to all our troops over there in Afghanistan and in uh, Tuscaloosa. Um, you know, it's a weird thing. I was sitting in the airport the other day. I'm going to get back to the broads. I'm going to give them a break right now, okay? I, 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 tried, I tried to knock them out in that round, and now I'm fucking winded. I'm taking a round off as they're starting to score points. I'm just giving them, I'm just giving them hope. 
taking a round off, but I'm coming out with the next one. I'm putting a glove in their face like Larry Holmes, and I'm coming with the overhand right, my favorite fucking thing in boxing. Um, oh, God, what was I just talking about? I was talking about shark dicks. And after shark dicks, oh, I know. I'm in the airport. All right, this is just going to be all momentum. I'm going to just try to not stop talking for 50 minutes because when I stop talking, the throbbing in my head is actually audible. All right, slow it down, Bill. Let's take it down a little bit, a little fucking, some fucking smooth jazz here. All right, so I'm sitting in the fucking airport. This was an awkward thing, right? Uh, These troops came walking by, and these people spontaneously started to applaud, you know? And I didn't know what to do. Do I join in? It just didn't seem right. But then you don't want to not fucking show your appreciation, but applause just seems weird. It just seemed weird. And I was trying to put myself in their fucking position. Like, you know, you just came out of Fallujah, did what you had to do over there, and then you get fucking, however it works, next thing you know, you're on JetBlue, and you land at an airport, and there's a soccer mom. Woo! Good game! Good game! (laughs) You know? I don't know what to do. Definitely appreciate them, but... So that's for the troops out there. Do you want applause in the airport, or is it fucking weird? You know, because we don't want to do that shit that happened to the troops when they came back from Vietnam and all those fucking hippies were like, hey, man, that wasn't cool when you burned down that dude's hut, man. We don't want to do that. But I don't want to have an overcorrection. You know? Where you're like, da 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 Is that a fucking song they played? I'm trying to think of, like, college football songs. You know? Here come the troops. Ba-da-ba-da-ba. You don't want to go like too high energy. There's got to be a happy medium between sitting there being like, all the leaves are brown, and then sitting there, you know, applauding like somebody just sank a putt. It just didn't seem right. All right, so anyway, so you walk by the TV, and there's the... And the broads always, they're always talking about how much more, uh, I guess how much, what better communicators females are, which I've probably proven of the last fucking 14 minutes of this podcast. Um, and they like, you know, if a woman actually says 20,000 more words a day than a guy does, do you realize that? Yeah. Do you think I didn't notice? I thought it was 40,000 more. Okay, and let me tell you something there, fucking uh, sinkhole. (laughs) Just because you're saying more words doesn't mean you're saying anything, all right? You basically filibuster your way through silence with your girlfriend because both of you are sitting there afraid that if you stop talking, you're going to hear the sound of your boob sagging, all right? Oh, yeah, well, that's what I think it is in my own fucking ignorance. All right, let's get on with the podcast here, people. I, I'm sorry. I had to I had to do a little cardio there just to get myself through the first 15 minutes. You know, now I can fucking chill. So I woke up hungover today, obviously, and I'm attacking the broads because I'm hungover. And uh, for the most part, I don't like them. Um, I like to look at them. I like to come over and stick my dick in them, you know. But after that, it's like, why don't you get out in the kitchen and make me one of them fucking Bologna sandwiches? <laughs> wouldn't you just fucking love to be that guy? 
you know, just find some little fucking mouse of a woman to live with. Just blame your entire afternoon on her. Where the fuck is the fucking remote? Well, you had it last. What the fuck did you say? I I guess it was my fault. (laughs) This is terrible. This isn't even comedy anymore. This is just mean. So I woke up this morning hungover, as I've mentioned 98 times. And for some reason, I woke up and uh, this song was in my head. I just woke up. This was the song that was in my head right here. Hungover. Off my ass. And all of a sudden, I just hear Elvis. But you won't shake me, you bitch. A hoo-hoo. That's one of the great fucking songs by Elvis Presley. And uh, when you really listen to the lyrics... Um, it's, he's a fucking psycho. He's stalking this broad. Hot in the kitchen, hot in the hall. Ain't gonna do your head any good at all. Cause once I get you in the kitchen. Kitchen. And the kisses starts, a team of wild horses couldn't pull us apart. He's singing about rape, everybody. <clears throat> but he gets that, oh, and it's, and it just smooths it all out. And that's why he was the king. Only the king can make rape seem uh, like it's it's the right thing to do for both parties. Let's just be clear on that, for both parties. All right, let's get on with the podcast. Okay, I, <laughs> I fucking love that song. I really do. When I was working the Orleans in, in uh, Casino with Tom Papa, the marriage refs, Tom Papa, um, I was coming out on stage like that, and I felt that for half a second I felt like a million bucks. For half a fucking second. Can you believe it's August? Um, all right, so let's get on with the podcast. Last week, ladies and gentlemen, I had the pleasure of performing on the David Letterman Show. And uh, most of you went out, you watched it, and you all sent me wonderful emails about it. And I would read you the wonderful emails, but they're not funny. But you are in luck. You know what ones are funny? The ones where people did not like my performance. So let's read a couple of those, shall we? All right, now my fucking nose is running. Okay, here we go. Here we go. I did a little coke last night, everybody. No, never had the balls. Never had the balls to mess with that shit. Okay. Uh, this is uh, this is somebody. And as always, um, I, for those of you, whenever I read my hate mail, um, both of these... The two hate mail emails that I will be reading uh, this morning. All of a sudden, I sound like right now like a teacher teaching a really boring class. You know that? You're in your you know first class of that semester, right? You finally got yourself a little bit of poontang. You're happy. You're floating around. Everything's going to be great. You're thinking, okay, let's see how my teachers are going to be. And then that douche comes out. Welcome to... Meteorology in the media. My name is Mr. Cuntface. And Mr. Cuntface, what am I in third grade? I'm sorry. I'm hungover. I couldn't come up with My name is Mr. McGillicuddy. And over the course of the next three months, we are going to be delving into the wonderful world of meteorology in the media. You will be required to write two 27-page papers. 
on serious clouds in the Dakotas. Okay, so serious clouds were first discovered in the 1600s by a man by the name of, and he picks up the fucking marker. He's writing across that fucking board. Sir Marcus Lawrence, the, the Catholic, the third. And at first, before Sir Marcus the Catholic, the third, they thought the serious clouds were actually the gods saying that your wife is a cunt. <laughs> I get nothing. Was the breathing annoying? It was supposed to be. Um, all right, let's read the hate mail here. So what, what happens with all of, all of my hate mail is um, when people don't like my act is you can't just write me, evidently, and just say that you don't like my act. You don't appreciate what it is that I do on the stage. What you have to do first is you have to establish what an incredible sense of fucking humor you have and how open you are to all different forms of humor. You know? It's that classic thing like those douchebags on YouTube. Obama's a fucking idiot, and I'm a Democrat, right? So then we can be like, wow, this guy is left, and even he doesn't like this lefty guy. So this is what they do. All right, so here, so these, uh, both these emails follow to a goddamn fucking T to the motherfucking U and V. Um, they follow it. Here, it, They follow that pattern. Bill, just read the fucking thing. Okay, here we go. All right. Hi there. <laughs> oh, this one starts. Starts off nice enough. Hi there. I've been a fan for a while. You seem to have a unique take on things. Look at this, huh? Pat me on the head. Let me sniff her hand, making me nice and fucking relaxed. I loved your bit about the muffins and the mass vehicular murder. <laughs> so there you go. She just showed how it just, her sense of humor spans the globe. Whether I'm attacking food or actually running over human beings on the sidewalk, she finds it all funny. Though, and here's the rub, though, as a stay-at-home mom, I now completely despise you. I did this bit about being a a stay-at-home mom. Um, So anyway, she says, the hardest part about being a stay-at-home mom is is being disrespected by everyone. I now hope the worst for you. Despite what funny acts you may think up in the future, you are a jerk and deserve the worst that life has to offer. <laughs> I don't fucking, I don't, I don't understand. Like, these, this is the classic fucking person where everything is funny until it comes around to some shit in her life. And I make some fun of some shit that she's doing. Being a stay-at-home mom, and now all of a sudden, she goes from being a fan of mine to now I am a jerk and deserve the worst that life has to offer. That's that's a fucking hardcore that you deserve the worst that life has to offer. So what? I'm gonna get leprosy and uh, be constipated all at the same time and fucking uh, survive a plane crash, but not in a good way, you know? Anyways, I don't fucking know. Really, you're gonna take it to that level? So I wrote her back. I said, uh, sweetheart, Oprah Winfrey called your job the toughest job on the planet on national television and got an applause break of approval. 
How much more respect do you need? I think that's a great point. If I can step outside the email, break the fucking fourth wall. Is that what it is? The third wall? I never knew what the fuck it was. Huh? Oprah Winfrey's on TV saying you have the toughest job on the planet and everybody claps. All right? Did she say being a stand-up comedian is the toughest job on the planet? You think you know what it's like to be fucking disrespected, you apron-wearing, sheltered son of a bitch? Huh? You want to talk about being disrespected? Look at fucking comedians. Anytime they show a comedian in a movie, is it a Chris Rock-level comic? It never is. It's the fucking hack with the lampshade on his head going waka waka. Right? Didn't the fucking comedian get shot in his gut during Scarface? Huh? Did a fucking stay-at-home mom get shot in the fucking stomach with that Mr. Potato Head mask on her face during that show? No. You know why? Because she was at home taking care of the fucking kids. Ah, Jesus Christ. I'm just going to read the rest of this email. That didn't even fucking make sense. It started off funny, and then it just went right off the rails. Like a Prius that you can't fucking stop. Um, anyways, uh, she says, so I wrote, I wrote, uh, how much more respect do you need? And then I said, meanwhile, there are children working in sweatshops. Would you rather be a stay-at-home mom or an eight-year-old sewing Adidas together for 16 hours a day? I came up with another great example that I, I wish I had used on TV. How about, how about you work on one of those fucking oil rigs? Like those poor bastards who work for BP. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the fucking thing explodes. You're standing on a metal structure in the middle of the goddamn ocean, and next thing you know, it blows up. Probably blew out both of your eardrums. You're deaf now, and you're on fire. All right? And your only option is either burning to death or jumping off of basically the equivalent of the top of a brownstone. Trying to enter the water without doing the world's biggest flaming belly flop. <laughs> right? You land in the water, second and third degree burns in salt water. All right? Pus and blood is oozing into the water, and now all you can do is pray to God that the Coast Guard gets there before a sea of sharks eats you alive. All right? You want to do that or you want to watch Bob the Builder for the 800th time? Lighten up. And then I wrote, oh, and don't despise or hope the worst for me. That causes premature aging. Hugs. I know, that was kind of mean to say, but you know what? Go fuck yourself. All right, here's another one. <clears throat> Once again, we have to establish credibility at the top of the email. Are you guys ready for the credibility to be established? Jesus Christ, I know I am. Here we go. Uh, Bill, I am never appalled or, capital letters, offended by comedy that I see and hear. All capitals this sentence. I have a great sense of humor. Wow, this is unbelievable. Isn't that amazing, podcast listeners? This person is never appalled or offended by comedy that she sees or hears. She has a great sense of humor. She has such a great sense of humor, people, that she had to yell it at me in emails. All right, so there's no way she had a problem with my act, right? Let's read the rest of the email. However, oh, Jesus. Your appearance on the David Letterman show that I just watched just put down women and motherhood to an extent that is just downright unbelievable, dot, dot, dot. Now she's going to yell again and tasteless. 
Now, she yells for the rest of this email, but I'm going to spare you guys. All right? I'm going to read it in soothing tones, but she's screaming the entire time. That's what I'm guessing because it's all capital letters. Um, this is what she says. I challenge you to be a single parent and raise a child and work and attend college alone without any help. Just in case you don't know what being a single parent means. All right. Um, you have no idea how hard it really is. I am disgusted with your act and will not ever buy any of your DVDs, etc. <laughs> For the first time in my life, I am disgusted with comedy. Your comedy, that is. I like how she starts speaking like in film noir. I'm disgusted with this comedy. Your comedy, that is. See? Yeah. 23 skidoo. All right. Your act touched on many topics that you were disgraceful and very unappealing. I think she got so mad she stopped writing sentences. Um, first of all, sweetheart, I wasn't making fun of uh, single, pa- uh, single uh, parents. If I was making fun of single parents, nobody would laugh. I was talking about stay-at-home moms. All right? You don't remember that line? Hanging out all day, making grilled cheese sandwiches. You're giving a puppet show. You dress like a dragon. And then some other adult comes home and gives you money. You're like a big kid. That's some other adult coming home giving you money as your fucking husband. You dumb broad. Do I got to fucking spell it out to you? So I just wrote her back. I just said I wasn't talking about single moms. I was talking about stay-at-home moms. You weren't listening. Now listen. I'm not going to do this show anymore if I have to put up with this. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love these fucking hate mail things. That's all I got. I got, I got two, two uh, bad emails. And then I had one guy who wrote like a five-page dissertation on, uh, on the shirt I was wearing under my suit or something like that. And uh, then I, I just went homophobic with him. I just wrote, uh, that's one of the gayest emails I've ever received. Uh, thanks for the fashion advice. And then he wrote back trying to act as if I got a bunch of emails from guys telling me to wear a carnation in my front pocket or whatever the fuck he was saying. And he wrote this big, long fucking four-page email, and then I just hit him with, come on, sweetie, don't be like that. And then it ended it. I got I got a lot of, a lot of weird emails this week. Somebody saw Date Night and said I need to be more uh, choosy when I pick my roles which I thought was fucking hilarious. Like someone who has eight lines in a movie is actually getting offers around town. We got to get this guy. The way I'm telling you, the way he stands next to other people talking in the film is incredible. He he is the best at it. You know, I got to be more choosy with my, with a fucking. <clears throat> Evidently, because I wasn't doing stand up in the movie date night, like the role of my character was the straight man. And the more the straighter I played it, the more opportunity for the other person to be funny in the scene. That's your fucking job, you know? And I did the job. And if I think that wasn't the job that I was supposed to do, I would think that the director might have said something. And just because I'm a fucking comedian doesn't mean I'm going to walk around, you know, with a lampshade on my fucking head. I'd love to be in a badass fucking movie. What do you think I want to do? You know, you think I want to be in Raising Arizona Part 2? Actually, I would. But uh, I'd also like to be in uh, 
they can ever make a movie as good as a Goodfellas. I'd love to do some shit like that. Play a fucking psycho. Put the lotion in the bucket. Who wouldn't want to do that shit? All right? You dumb fuck. I'm, I, I don't need to be more choosy about my roles. I need to take anything anybody gives me. You know? Fucking shot that movie a year ago. I haven't done another one. Is that choosy enough for you? Not been up guns. Not like I'm not trying. All right. Let's uh, let's plow ahead here. Let's get on with uh, what else do we got going on? Oh, by the way, I want to thank everybody. Seriously, I was just fucking around there with the uh, the Letterman stuff. I had an unbelievably great time, and uh, that was my best Letterman, if I do say so myself. I uh, finally figured out the pacing that I have to go on TV, and uh, what I always used to try to do is I used to try to go comedy club speed. But TV audiences, for some reason, laugh and clap a lot more. And then what I would try to do was plow through the applause and get the tag of the joke in there. And uh, I don't know. It's like a whole different animal. You got to figure out what do you do when they're applauding. You know? (laughs) Why did the chicken cross road to get the other side? Woo! Woo! Maybe that's why I didn't applaud when the troops came by. Because I thought that they would feel as awkward as I do. When you're just standing there going, okay, thank you. Yes, I know. That was the greatest joke in the history of the world. I am tremendous. Where do you get a load of this one? Um, All right, let's read some. um, Let's read some. uh, Oh, and by the way, um, later on that night, um, in celebration, I had the most ridiculous fucking weekend um, that an adult can have. And part of most of it is because, uh, you know, I chose what I wanted to do and life was exactly what I wanted to do. And secondly, I'm not married and I don't have any fucking kids, so I don't have any responsibility. Hence, I, uh, I get to live the life of, uh, a gay guy. You ever notice how happy fucking gay men are? You know why that is? Is because they got the fucking double whammy. They're a fucking man, so they can earn way more an hour than the fucking broads over there. And then they don't have any goddamn kids. So once you get around 40, if you've done great in your your career, you have all this disposable income. You know? And the only way to kill the voices in your head that you should have had a fucking kid by now is to go out and do frivolous bullshit (laughs) to fill up the free time. And that's what I've been doing. So I actually, this weekend, um, one of the things I got to do this past weekend is so fucking unbelievable. I'm, I can't even tell you how it even went down, but I did take video of it. And if you want to watch the video, you can only go one place, everybody. And that's the mmpodcast.com. Huh? You like that? Look at that. An exclusive Monday morning podcast video that will only be shown on the mmpodcast.com, of course, until some douchebag takes it and puts it up on YouTube. So go to the mmpodcast.com and uh, watch a video of something that I got to do. And uh, I, I I can't even begin to tell you how that whole fucking thing went down and how I got to do it. But uh, it was one of the great things I got to do in life. So I got to do that, which I won't be telling you. Because I'm trying to become a smarter businessman here. 
All right. The only way you should hit pause right now and go to the MM podcast right now if you're not following along anyways. Um, I got to do that. Unbelievable activity. And then uh, what did I do? I did Letterman on Monday. And then Monday night I went down to the bitter end and I watched that fucking amazing guy, Oz Noy, this guitarist. If you ever get a chance, if you're ever in uh, New York, one Monday a night, this guy Osnoy goes down, and he—I don't—I can't even describe what the fuck it is he does. Very, very unique guitarist, and he—I uh, don't—and you got to see him live. You have to fucking see him live. His YouTube videos do not do him justice. You got to go down and see him live, and um, and he's always playing with these top-notch musicians. He had uh, Will Lee from the Letterman Band was there. Steve Ferroni from the Average White Band actually went up and got a fucking picture with him and shit. Uh, from the Average White Band, and now Tom Petty, and he's played with a zillion other people. One of my drumming heroes got to meet him that fucking night. And uh, the guy on keyboards was one of the original guys from the E Street Band, but I'm not into the E Street Band. But this guy was the shit, and I just watched these fucking unbelievable musicians and sat in the crowd. These guys were so fucking good that I actually had the comforting thought that, you know what? Robots will never take over. Fully. Robots will never fully fucking take over because they'll never be able to do what I just fucking saw. I mean, when are you, you're going to write a program for passion? God knows some fucking egghead with no passion. He's probably figuring that shit out. Figure out how to make a robot sweat while it plays fucking guitar. <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be the big fucking breakthrough. That's why drum machines never fully took over because it's just somebody programming the shit. You know, it's not a human being playing it. Right? Is that where, I don't know, I'm too fucking hungover to actually have a fucking, a fucking touching moment here in the podcast. All right. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I told you guys how to dump, how to get out of a fucking relationship. All right. Um, and if you ever want to learn how to not get into a relationship, go download, uh, Andrew Dice Clay's live album at Dangerfield, the day, uh, the day the laughter died. And one of my favorite bits of all time that he does is, uh, I think it's called how to, how to Not Get Into a Relationship. So if you don't even want to deal with how to get out of a relationship, listen to Dice Clay's bit on how to not get into, into a relationship. And uh, But then if you fuck up and you get into one, listen to my podcast from a couple weeks ago, and I'll, I'll give you the blueprint on how to get out. All right? So anyway, so this brought up the whole getting dumped. And people have been sending me emails about getting dumped or breaking up and the awkwardness and all that type of shit. These are some great stories. Here's one for you. Getting dumped. Hey, Bill. I was listening uh, last week and wanted to tell you about the worst way I was dumped. Uh, when I was in high school, I had a friend who was a girl, and I was in love with her in a pathetic, never-getting-laid way while she was banging half the football team. Oh, dude, that's like that movie, Last uh, Last American Virgin, right? Did I already use that reference on the podcast? I don't give a fuck. I'm hungover. Anyways, uh, after high school gradu- graduation, we started dating, even though we went to different colleges seven hours apart. Um, over, f- I, I, Yeah, I love how she starts dating you then because the football team left her and went to 47 different colleges, so she just needed a dick to ride. Um, over fall break, I went to visit her and stayed at her place for the weekend. On the last night at midnight, she told me she was seeing someone else. 
and then expected me to stay at her house that night. Oh, what a cunt. Um, I got up and packed my shit. And as I was about to leave, I did my best Brando impression to let her know how she, how, how she fucked up. Um, and as I started to go out the door, after making my dramatic statement, she said, Don't you need your keys? <laughs> oh, this poor bastard. He goes, I forgot my keys on the table all the way across the room. So I had to walk all the way across back the back across the room in shame to grab my keys, and then drove seven hours back to college in the middle of uh, in the middle of the night. Dude, let me tell you something. You got you got half a victory there, um, because you did leave, and you know, and you did you had the ability to walk all the way across the room to get your keys and at no point during that long fucking walk did you break down in tears you didn't all right don't you need your keys oh oh that's fucking brutal that's like that's like mean yeah because you know what she thought i guess that you were going to stay there for the night so i guess she went mean there don't you need your keys obviously you need your keys if she was Trying to let you down easy, wouldn't she be like, um, you forgot your keys here. And just would have the decency to look down at the floor. Don't you need your keys? Now, this is what I want to know from you. On that seven-hour drive back, how many different snappy comebacks did you come with for don't you need your keys? I bet you were so fucking distraught they didn't even make sense. Don't you need your keys? Don't you need your cunt? Right? That doesn't even make sense, but, you know, (laughs) it's something you'd say. Ah, you poor bastard. Whatever. You know what? The good news is she probably has three kids right now. Her body's looking like she's standing in a funhouse mirror, and she probably has some sort of fucking STD. So, you know, there you go, sir. It all worked out in the end, didn't it? All right. uh, Bad covers. This is from back in the day. We're talking about um, when when an artist comes around, like a Lady Gaga, you know, when she comes around and she wraps herself in toilet paper and holds a fucking dildo and everybody's like, she's making a fashion statement. She's shocking middle America. Uh, holding like a black baby while playing chess. <laughs> Is there anything worse than that paint-by-numbers shock? You know, and then, then the fucking douchebags who cover it just stand right in line. She's pushing boundaries. She's rejecting what it is to be a woman. Oh, God, shut up. She's wearing a silly outfit. Isn't that what she's doing? Has a fan blowing on her twat, hanging off her belt buckle, and then I'm supposed to sit there and be like, I can't even process this. This is cutting-edge art. I mean, what is she really doing? my poker face. Poker face. Oh, my God, I can't handle it. This is like when Jimi Hendrix came out. No, it isn't. This is like when Cindy Lauper came out. She braided half her fucking head. Right? 
and dance down the street with their fucking shoulders going up and down, yelling at Captain Lou Albano. It's it's kind of on that level. Remember when Cindy Lauper did that shit, and then she didn't do anything, and next thing you know, she's on uh, she's on that fucking uh, who wants to be a CEO getting fired by that guy who I don't even think has any money. Are there any Donald Trump fans out there? I don't think that guy is rich. I really don't. I don't I don't buy it. If this guy is such if he's so fucking rich and has all these goddamn businesses, how does he have time to do a reality show and and critique who's better at, at running a lemonade stand, Cindy Lauper or Brett Michaels? Is is that what what a fucking uh uh fucking whatever the hell he is? What 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 do you call a guy like that? He's 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 a uh a conglomerate, a media conglomerate. What, what the fuck is he called? A, uh, I can't think of the word. I'm too fucking hungover. It's not it's like one of those ingenue names. And I know that's not that. What I know that that's not what it is. Ingenue means you're uh, you're a good-looking gore, gore, good-looking whore, who someday. <laughs> My brain is so fucked right now. I just combined good-looking and whore, and I she's a good she's a gore, Al Gore. Um, Al Gore. Who has a bitchier fucking body, Al Gore or fucking Bill Clinton? Both of them. Their big mother and hips sashaying around the White House with their fucking suits on. Eating Stouffer fucking pies. Um, I am so off the track right now. Um, we're talking about bad covers. No, uh, this is, this is, this is what I really believe about Donald Trump. For all his fucking Trump water... Trump Tower, Trump Casino, Trump Helicopter, Trump t- Toenail Clippers. I, I don't think that that guy, if you gave him fucking, if you gave him 12 hours, I don't think that he could come up with more than 6500 bucks in cash. I think he's just completely leveraged out, but his projects are so big, he's like the banks. Like, he he's too big to fail. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. What the fuck am I talking about? Where the hell am I? Let's get back to bad covers. All right? Bad covers. Here's one for you. Uh, Madonna, when she did uh, American Pie. Um, yeah. That song kind of sucked to begin with. And then, um, just in case you didn't realize it sucked, Madonna came in and proved it. Yes, this song did suck. Now, even if you completely switch it up, and put that club beat underneath it. It's still going to fucking suck. Oh, Jesus. I'm just running out of momentum. You know? Did I really just do a Lady Gaga impression? Oh, fuck you. You enjoyed it. You enjoyed it. You know? You, you do a podcast hungover. I want to see how good you do. Yeah, I didn't think so. I didn't fucking think so. Um, here's your YouTube videos for the week. We're just blowing through the topics here. YouTube videos for the week. Uh, Pug, Pug sings Batman theme. Look that one up, all right? Pug, as in the dog, P-U-G, Pug, as opposed to a gore. Pug, sings Batman theme. Um, Drunk-ass knockout. Uh, A lot of this shit's going to have to do with alcohol this week. Uh, Wasted guy at Coachella. Coachella is C-O-C-H-E-L-L-A. And here's one for you. Uh, Do something difficult. And you know what? I actually forgot the most fucked up one of the week. I have to just bear with me here. I have my the microphone laying on my chest right now. I want to say somebody used to do that. 
Didn't like one of those those guys late at night when they're trying to sell you shit before they came up with the Janet Jackson McDonald's drive through headset. Didn't they have like that hands-free device where the, the microphone just dangled from your neck? I want to say that they had that. Oh, the other guys. That's a movie coming out. That the other guys. I actually I had an audition for that movie, and I got all the way down to the part where the guy who got the part was fucking. He, I think he went in before me and killed it. So now when I see that movie, I'm like, ah, it looks so fucking funny. I could have been in there with eight lines. God damn it! All right. The fucking. All right. What what's the name of this video? Woman finds. Man in bed, something like that. Oh, here. Women, woman wakes up to find intruder in her bed. You got to see this one. It's so fucked up, I don't even know if it's real. It looks like a fucking in living color sketch. Um, all right, overrated, underrated for this week. And the overrated, underrated this week, uh, you guys really took it to another level here. This is fucking phenomenal. All right, underrated. Uh... First kid in your junior high that admitted to jerking off. <laughs> that might be one of my favorite underrateds of all time. What a fucking champ that kid was, you know? You know, some people are still trying to find themselves at 35 or possibly 42, like myself. That kid knew who the fuck he was in junior high. Hey, jerking off, I do it. Fucking feels good. I'll fucking rub one out in next class. I like the teacher. She's doing something for me. What? I'm the last guy in the in the, in the fucking row. Just don't turn around. You'll be fine. Uh, number two, whoever commented that Roger Ebert now looks like one of the Muppets from the Land of Confusion video. Jesus Christ. On a side note, that is one of the creepiest videos ever. Yeah, man. Poor Roger Ebert. Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? How ironic is that, that he spent his life criticizing people, and then he gets fucking mouth cancer you know and he's he's still criticizing shit he's like he's like the goddamn terminator um jesus christ and if that's true what the fuck am i gonna get the fuck's gonna happen to me all this shit that i spew um number three leopold butters scotch next to cartman the best character on south park i hope i said the dude's name right i love south park I really love it. And I'm actually, I'm going to, uh, I'm starting to watch the boondocks because everybody told me that's the shit. So watch it with me. And uh, let's watch a quality show together. What do you say, people? Anybody else watching Breaking Bad? I can't believe I've been watching it for three fucking seasons. And I haven't, um, I haven't, uh, I haven't really talked about it. I fucking love it. It's a goddamn, it's a great show. But I've yet to get into that advertising, uh, Mad, Mad, Mad Men, Mad Money. The fuck is it? I don't know. Everybody walks around smoking. Um, I heard it's great. And uh, everybody on that show is dressed in suits, which I like. Uh, number four, underrated. This is another great one. This is a new this – this, this is this person's first contribution to the podcast. And uh, I think this person should be a staff writer. Here's another fucking gem. Number four, station wagons in the 80s with the rear seats facing out the back window. Kids have everything today. But they missed out on that one. Do you know my parents had an 83 Caprice Classic maroon with the fake wood going down the side. Top of the line, the wire wheels. 
cloth maroon fucking uh, interior. We drove all the way out to Chicago one time. All the way out to Chicago. I was in the middle. A couple of my siblings were sitting in the back, and I was jealous that they got to sit, you know, seeing what we just fucking saw. And then my parents sat in the front in that bench seat that blocked the AC, and they wouldn't let us put the windows down. My fucking dad would sit there with his hands in front of the, you know, his hands on the vent, like an inch away from the vent, feeling the AC coming out. You know, completely fucking selfish. And we're like, can we turn it on? Can we put the windows down? They're like, no, we got the AC on. Yeah, well, the big cloth bench seat is fucking blocking it. And we just sat there looking at farmland whizzing by. My brothers actually got to stick their heads out the window in the back, you know, like a couple of fucking mutts. And I sat there in the middle, just had to sit there taking it. All right, number five, underrated, Kids in the Hall. Absolutely. When people bring up the greatest sketch shows of all time, you know, they'll say Mr. Show. They'll say Dave Chappelle. And uh, the people in the know also say Kids in the Hall, and I'd have to definitely go with that. All right, overrated. Humping in the shower. Absolutely. That's exciting when you're in college. You know, the sensation of water, you know. Yeah, humping in the shower is weird. Then the water's hitting her booty crack. It starts making a weird noise. You know, (laughs) as the water shoots up from her fucking ass crack, it's hitting you in your lower jaw. You know, who can concentrate? Uh, Number two, uh, bartenders that claim to have created their own drink. (laughs) Is it ever good? It's never fucking good. Uh, Overrated, Bourbon Street. I got to go with, yeah, that is overrated. You fucking go down there. It's a bunch of goddamn tourists who can't hold their fucking alcohol. And then there's a bunch of goddamn wolves on the side streets waiting to fucking stick a knife in your neck. Uh, also overrated. National Spelling Bee contests are overrated. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can go. I actually like those ones. And I think it's great that those kids learn how to fucking spell. It's something that I wish I learned how to do. And... Um, I root for them. I want them to win the spelling bee, and I also want them to get laid before they're 36. Um, and here's a random one. Go on Google Maps, and you know when you can hit satellite and actually look down, you know, and actually bring yourself down on the street with that little man? Here's one for you. In the middle of France, this is what you want to look up. Here's the address. 8-R-U-E, which means street, D-U of Dr. Grajean, D-O-C-T-E-U-R-G-R-A-N-D-J-E-A-N. That was one word, uh, Grand Jean, which means Big Jean. Um, 54000, Nancy, N-A-N-C-Y. I just realized how long this is, and now I can't stop. i got to give you the whole thing. Comma, M-E-U-R-T-H-E. Are you guys writing this down like Morse code? Dash E-T dash M-O-S-E-L-L-E. And then Lorraine France. L-O-R-R-A-I-N-E. All right? Google map that. Hit the satellite. Bring the little man down on the street and tell me what the fuck that is on that porch. Tell me that's not a fucking alien. There's an alien on the porch and the satellite caught the picture of it. I don't know. Who knows? It's probably a goddamn beehive. 
That was a long fucking way to go. But I like it. I think that has a lot to do. It's a good theme for this podcast. You know, for a hungover son of a bitch with nothing in his, in his, in his stomach other than the two slices of pizza that I ate at one in the morning. L.A. pizza, by the way. So you know it was good. Um, you know something? I just realized I feel like I haven't said anything funny in the last 20 minutes. How long ago was that Clinton Gore with their bitchy bodies sashaying around the White House? I know that that was funny. Huh? The sound of their milk white hips hitting that fucking suit material. <laughs> Nationwide health care. Just walking around the Oval Office. Both of them. You know something? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vote them. In my lifetime, the two bitchiest, that's the bitchiest tandem that has ever, ever been in the White House. You know what I mean? I'll tell you right now, I, I, and I didn't vote for, for or, well, actually, 96. Actually, 96, I did vote for Clinton. But after that, I've just gone rogue because then Clinton just turned out to be the same fucking dude that that, that, that other guy, the angry guy with the pen, Bob Dole, right? He, he did the same shit. They all do the same shit. All you fucking morons who voted for Obama and now you're surprised. Can you believe he's pretty much doing what McCain would have done? And I'm not talking about the taxes shit. I'm talking about the Afghans. Shut up, fucking. I don't even know what I'm talking about. But I'm sick of all you douchebags bitching about all the taxes. Do you really think you're going to have two fucking wars? And at some point, when all the rich people get up from the table, after they, they fucking... Chew and screw. Remember when you did that? You walked in with your buddies and you ordered a big fucking meal. And when the waitress went up to bar, you all ran out the door and you jumped into your fucking AMC gremlin and drove away laughing. <laughs> laughing your ass off. And that poor broad had to pay for it. Do you know that there's a place in Norwood, Massachusetts called the Cafe Venice? And I did that 20 years ago and I still feel guilty about it. I went in there. And I'm not going to name names, but it was a bunch of names. There's too many names to name. And we stood up, and we were going to pay. And we and the waitress was just not there. And we just waited and waited and waited and waited. And I'm like, where the fuck is she? And then there was that tension, and there was somebody, there was this weird laugh, and somebody out of the group walked out the door, and then there was that panic. Oh, my God. It was like that musical chair game. You didn't want to be the last one standing when the music's playing, playing, because then you got to pay for the check, and then we all just fucking just bursted out the door. And I remember, because it was really dark in the Cafe Venice. I don't even know if it even exists anymore. And then we went out into the sunlight. Couldn't fucking see shit, just running towards something that looked like the shape of our car. Just that young fucking energy that you had where you could actually be stuffed with food and still run and laugh and still get away, you know? And we just got in the car and just laughed our asses off the whole way. And I immediately afterwards, I felt guilty because I knew that she would have to pay for it. And uh, this is how young I was. I actually ordered a, a large milk with my Italian meal. <laughs> I was like 18 or 19, and I was one of those guys who just never stopped drinking milk. I didn't stop drinking milk until I was like, I don't know, somewhere in my fucking late 20s. 
I used to drink, I loved it. I loved a nice cold glass of fucking milk. And I had it with like every meal. And it was, you know, my first time at 18 where all of a sudden you're not realizing you're hanging out with adults. I just graduated high school. And everybody's ordering. And they're going, yeah, let me get, let me get, uh, you know, some fucking rigatoni with the fucking meat sauce over there. And I'll get a fucking Coke. And a while, everybody's ordering Cokes, a beer, and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, uh, I'll have the spaghetti and meatballs. And I, uh, I'll have a large milk. And there was this pause. And then, ugh, the ball breaking began. And it never fucking ended for the rest of it, you know. And, uh. Whatever. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. What the fuck am I saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they they we had two fucking wars for eight goddamn years. And then all the corporations got up from the table, ran out to their fucking uh, top-of-the-line bulletproof SUVs, and they drove off. And, yeah, they left us with the tab. And all you guys think that we're not going to have to pay it back? You think the taxes aren't coming? The fuck, they're coming. Oh, they're coming. There you go. That was my fucking what's going on with the world. (laughs) Oh, fuck you. Go fuck yourselves. Whatever. I made it to an hour. I made another one. That's all it is. That's all it is. It's like the Drew Carey show. The last nine seasons where they're just going, whatever, it's syndication money. Who gives a fuck? Let's just bring in some fat broad with crazy makeup and have Drew yell at her. Will people watch it? Great. We'll all get fucking paid. We're all going to get fucking paid. Hey, did anybody read that story in that magazine? I think it was Esquire magazine about that guy who fucking went on the prices right in like a card counter. He he just he broke the bank. He won both showcases in the 37 years or whatever the show the, the prices right has been on the air. No one has ever guessed the exact amount of uh, the showcase that they bid on. And this guy did it. And all you have to do is come within 50 bucks or 100 bucks and you win both showcases. And this guy, he fucking, he nailed both. He hit it right on the head. And to the point they thought he was cheating because everybody was winning that day. And they can't figure out if it was him or if it was this other guy in the audience who was fucking tipping people off because they were giving away cars. And I guess the price is right has to pay for the prizes. So evidently, Drew Carey didn't think that the episode was going to air. So he was kind of a dick when he said you won both. And then I guess they ended up fucking airing it during like a sweeps week. So he kind of looked like a dick. But uh, I guess that uh, Price is Right people were not thrilled. So there's this whole article and he's saying the uh, he's only guilty of being an avid fan of the show. And the Price is Right fucked up by they would have reoccurring prices. I'm re- reoccurring prizes. Like they had some sort of smoker on there. One of those egg smokers. You've ever seen those fucking things? Um, And he knew the exact fucking price of it. So when he was in contestants row, they were like, the egg smoker. Somebody was like, 1500 And he goes, you know, and if you don't know the exact price, if somebody says 1500 and you think it's about 1500 you usually go 1501 or you say 1200 to try to get the next, you know, 300 in your favor. He said, like, fucking, uh, I'm going to go with uh, 1478, and he nailed it. First Fred fucking, fl- ah, am I really going to go through the whole episode? It's out there, people, but whatever. Go to the mmpodcast.com. This weekend, I'm going to be down in La Jolla, California, just outside of San Diego, playing the Comedy Store. 
My home away from home out here in L.A. I'm going to do the one down in La Jolla. And uh, bring your ass down there. I got a brand new hour of shit. And uh, I cannot wait to uh, go down there. I'm going to spend the fucking weekend down there. Get a sunburn on the beach. Maybe do a little golfing. And uh, even though I don't golf, I just like fucking, you know, going out there and slowing it down for the other cunts on the course. And that's it. That's the podcast for this week. God bless all of you. And uh, by the way, in two weeks, I'm going to be at the Newport Yachting Center in Newport, Rhode Island. And I'm going to be at the Hampton Beach Ballroom Casino in Hampton, New Hampshire. Uh, I got to sell a ton of fucking tickets. So if you're not doing anything, for the love of God, you and all your friends, come on down. Get hammered. If you're the waitress from the Cafe Venice, please show up. I'll give you a DVD, and I'll give you the fucking 100 bucks with interest that I owe you from fucking goddamn 22 years ago. All right, everybody. Have a good week. Toyota, you know, we all agree that reducing emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, yet they make up less than 10% of all new vehicles today. That's because right now they cost more. They're too expensive, just like all new technology. Consumers worry about range and whether or not they'll be able to find a charging station. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture the batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision of a carbon neutral future. 
manufacturer. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV electric vehicle could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, hey, let's go places.